Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Hello, hello. How's How everybody you? doing? It's I feel like it's been so long. It's been a really long time since the three of us have been on the same screen. Yeah. Right. Ash, how was the wedding? How were family festivities? It was good. It was uh, very long. As you know, Indian weddings are like a whole week long of festivities, um, very heavy outfits and no sleep, but... It was worth it to see my brother cry of happiness. That was, I know it was really cute. I've never seen him cry like that before. And it was just very, it it made it all worth it. But the theme of the whole wedding was as soon as I sit down, like onto a chair to relax or to eat food, I'd be pulled up to go do something. So (laughs) I didn't really love being the sibling of the groom. So um, yeah. I saw your post about the uh, Indian dress shop maker. It was like, what was it? Like one of those. Masaba? Yeah, it was like a New York life though. Like the, the woman who was like, she had breast cancer and her husband had passed away and her shop in New York was like, you would post oh, it. For your oh, oh, no, yeah. that was completely different. That I didn't buy any of my. No, no, I know. But I saw oh. that you had posted that and I read the whole story and thought it was really interesting because I recently set up my Indian friend with one of my best friends and so since then I've been like okay guys I'm like pumped for this wedding like and then I sent them like the little story that you posted of how this woman is like her shop is in need and I was like okay maybe we should go buy the wedding outfits now and like be prepared mind you they've only been dating for like two months now but oh I was God, like, you need to support small business and uh <laughs> I'm ready for the Indian wedding after seeing all of your pictures <laughs> that's so funny yeah that story was really sad but I hope that my post was a little bit helpful to her no me too well yeah I mean I'm trying to send business over so <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, the matchmaker. <laughs> and Alejandro, you were in Hawaii, right? With your significant other? Yes. My boyfriend and I were in Kauai specifically. So oh, it was wow. amazingly tranquil. It was just a really nice step away to rejuvenate, reconnect, and restart. It was really special. Well, there's nothing that I love more than crushing these happy love stories with today's topic of surviving a breakup. <laughs> I know we're talking about weddings and couple trips to Hawaii and then surviving breakups. But it does (laughs) seem rather interesting, though, because given the shift that everyone is experiencing from coming out of the pandemic to reassessing their careers, their personal lives, even the relationships, it seems like this large influx of either people getting married and having kids or breaking up and starting anew. So what kind of experiences have you had surviving breakups? I've had a lot of experiences surviving breakups. (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> as a serial dater, I have um, been through many a breakup. I was really terrible at surviving breakups. Like I was the type of person who like could not eat. I'm not an emotional eater. I'm like an emotional cannot eat. I definitely needed to talk about it with all of my friends. Like I could not stop talking about it. And I feel like it was to the point where it was like incessant and obsessive. And I was just not very good at being able to separate my life from my relationship. And I think that part of it was just like, you know, the serial dating and the fact that like I was putting so much priority on the relationship and not putting enough priority on myself and my what I was doing. But I didn't actually break up with anybody myself until I was maybe 21. But like all throughout then, I had maybe like five relationships before then. And I was always being broken up with. That's so sad. Yeah. But then it led you to Brian. So it led me to Brian. It was a happy ending. <laughs> what about you, Ash? Um, so I've only had two significant breakups in my life. And the first one was with my college um, boyfriend and I broke it off. And there was no really surviving that breakup because I was completely fine. I was ready for it. I was graduating, moving to California, had no idea what I had like going on for the rest of my life. Like, I just had to plan so much that a relationship just wasn't in the cards for me at the time. And I was okay. I, I mean, there was no really surviving that breakup, but the second one was the most significant, like heart wrenching breakup that I'd ever been through. And yeah. That one took me a while. It took me a couple of months, but I used it to work out, to eat healthy, pretty much do anything that was productive to get over it because therapy wasn't for me at the time. Now it is. I'm just uh, getting it back into therapy, but at the time I just, it wasn't for me. So I used other ways to cope. Like boxing was a huge one. And I think actually, oh, I started boxing a few years before that, but I got back into it after the breakup and that was just that was huge for me. Yeah. I think yeah. therapy is so good in validating like what we're feeling without having to place the burden onto other people. I agree. I am not someone, thankfully, I'm not someone who um, is going to be, I don't talk about my relationships, especially breakups with people, with like friends, um, just because I, in the back of my head, I'm like, what if we get back together? So mm. I don't want to shit talk and then get all this advice from my friends and then get back together and then just waste my friends' times because not to shit talk on my friends, but a lot of my friends have done that to me. And I yeah. hate being the friend that gives advice. And then it just, you know, it, it never, it goes back to them being in the relationship with them. So for me, when I'm going through a breakup, I don't really talk to anyone about it. So I bottle it in. And that's when I definitely needed a therapy the most, but, um, I got through it. It took me six months. So a significant amount of time, but when I came out of the six months, I was the strongest I'd ever been mentally and physically. Mm. Something I'm curious about that you both have alluded to is the significance of prioritizing yourselves. Was that something that was maybe influenced by like a conjunction of therapy as well as something else? Or One thing that I definitely noticed after my breakups was that a lot of the breakups were happening because I wasn't prioritizing myself. Like because I was so needy for the other person and needed so much of their attention and like to be constantly in communication with them. I think that that was a really unattractive quality to the people that I was seeing because it just felt like a lot for them to deal with. And I think that in relationships, like, you know, they ebb and flow. There are going to be times in your life where you really do need to heavily lean on your partner. But I think that you establish that trust and like that ability to really lean and have that like intense support over time. And I think that I was really looking for that right away because 
because there was a lot of like personal issues in my life that I hadn't really come to terms with yet through my parents' divorce. I think that through therapy, for sure, I was able to actually understand and come to terms with my parents' divorce better. And I was trying to apply what I was going through onto relationships. So once I was able to come to terms like with my familial stuff, I could then enter a relationship in a lot more healthy of a way. And then I think I was also able to look at relationships and see what I wanted in relationships and who I wanted to be with rather than just the need for a relationship. That's huge. I relate to that too. Um, in some aspects in the relationship, I prioritized them and completely lived a life for them and not for myself. And then that's why when I got out of the relationship, I had all this time because I was so focused on the past on that person rather than on myself. So when I didn't have that person, I had all this time to be like, wait, this last two years, I've just been living life for this other person yeah. and not even for myself. So it was kind of exciting in a way as, as brutal as the breakup was, it was an exciting possibility that, you know, I have this whole life in front of me and I have so much to discover about myself that I just didn't have time to, when I was with that, this person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you Alejandro? Mm, I mean, I've always kept dating super succinct in my current relationship. This has been the longest relationship that I've ever been in. And in the past, I guess it was always more casual and less serious always because mm -hmm. there was that awareness of, I don't want to get so consumed by the relationship, but the guys that I had seen in the past somehow were able to suck so much energy from mm -hmm. what I was able to offer that it got super overwhelming. And I was able to, although I wasn't in therapy at the time, able to recognize that what I was experiencing wasn't fair in comparison to what I was giving. So I don't want to say surviving was appropriate. Well, I guess it is. Yeah, it is a, a form of survival to recognize yeah. something and move away from what is causing some sort of hardship. So yeah, I would say protection instead of surviving. It's yeah. you're protecting yourself from that harsh breakup. Yeah. Even after being in a relationship with the most toxic human being I've ever met, I <laughs> thought that I would be able to see red flags better after that relationship. But no, it's still the same. You know, it's hard for me to see those red flags. And if I do, then it's hard for me to kind of be like, okay, you know what red flag, this is it. I'm not standing for this. It's just as a Libra, I'm going to blame it on you mm. being a Libra, but as a Libra, I just feel like I can change someone still. Like I can meet this, pardon my French, but you know, like meet this guy who's a complete douchebag and then change them because that's what Libras are known for. Yeah, as a Pisces, I mean, I feel like we are known for being like hopeless romantics. And it's, I mean, I can, I'm definitely guilty of having had that similar thought of like, oh, well, if I try and address this this way, then this will improve that way. And it's just like, well, mm -hmm. we, we don't always have to be so nurturing. Um, no. Doesn't that man just like want to hang on to the relationship too? Like once you've romanticized it, like it's a lot harder to let go of too, because you, you've romanticized it so much in your head and developed a future with that person and think that you can change them. So it makes it so much harder when they break up with you or whatever the way it parts ways. Definitely. Alejandro, I'm really curious if, because you didn't enter like a really serious relationship until you were later in your 20s right yeah do you think that it makes you more scared of breakups like because you um, haven't experienced it it's like what well, how does one even go about doing that you know what i mean <laughs> i have had relatives um older relatives who have gone through divorce or um, cousins who have gone through breakups and obviously friends too but mm -hmm. yeah, as far as what I would do in that situation, yeah, I, I'm just love speech. It's just like, how does one even begin to take steps in that direction? I mean, 
But again, that all depends on the relationship they're in and who is the significant other that is yeah. stimulating these thoughts. Because at the end of the day, it, it does take two to tango. So it's not just one person dealing with something. It's processing information and both people playing equal parts and the emotional turmoil that may cause someone to want to break up. Yeah. When I was going through my breakup, so many people told me that it it just it only gets better. And I didn't believe any of them because of the pain that I was in. But then when I did get over that hill, I don't know, I guess it was six months. Maybe it was a little less than six months. When I did get over that, like climbed that hill and I was at the top, I was like, holy shit, it really does get better. Like, it's just so freeing. I love being in relationships. I, you know, like I, that is what I want. But coming out of that particular relationship, it was just so freeing to be on my own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And after, after I got up that hill, it took a long time and it took a lot of work, but after I did get on top, I was like on top of the world. Yeah. And it really does get better. You mentioned like never really feeling comfortable talking to friends about it. Have you ever moved past that or still hard now? No, I got a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I got a therapist because I was going through some anxiety at the end of last year about a boy. And I think I talked to one or two friends about it. And then I felt really like I was incessantly talking about it. I don't think I was, but that's why I got a therapist. And I was like, it's not okay for me to feel this way about a boy. Like, I still on, feel there's... embarrassed to this day about the amount that I talked about my breakups. <laughs> like, it's still like my closest, oldest friends who like really experienced that part of me. Every time, like, I really see them, I still want to be like, hey, I'm really sorry about that version of myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I regret it. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Because, you know, if that makes you feel better, that's the most important thing. Luckily, I was in a relationship and in a really healthy relationship in college. And one of my friends would do that to me a lot, like nonstop talking about their breakup or their ex or whatever. And I was just super like, ah, I don't want to be that person. So I was exposed to people like that. So I made sure that I wasn't ever like that if it was ever my turn. And then because with the toxic ex, we broke up maybe two or three times and I would shit talk talk about him and then get back together. I'm like, mm. oh, okay, this is embarrassing. Yeah. I hated people like you in high school, like who were in healthy relationships in high school. <laughs> I was like, how do you do this? Like, how do you have anybody want to date you at this age? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't have my first relationship till college. So oh. no boys for me in high school. You know, it was a all girls church of England, private school. So <laughs> oh my God, my first boyfriend talk about like dating apps that we have today back then there were gay chat rooms for like young queer teens like in the midwest or not in the midwest it was almost like myspace but did um, you go on them yeah one of my good friends that now lives in jersey i met him through a guy that I met on this one website. It was called Mogenic. I don't even know if it's still around, but was dating this particular guy. And the friend that lives in Jersey actually hated me the time that I met him because the guy that I was dating was his object of desire. And, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up breaking up with that guy because I don't know, it didn't work out. The other person was so excited that his heartthrob was heartbroken. It was a funny, weird turn of events. But those weren't very serious, so you wouldn't have qualified them as breakups. No, 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 no. It was just like, (laughs) I mean, it was my first time falling into romance with someone of the same gender and feeling like, oh my God, like I'm out. This is what it feels like. But You met up with the people in the chat rooms in person? Then, yeah. Was that scary? Not as much as like, I guess I would feel apprehensive now because back then it was just like about 
connecting. Me growing up in the Midwest, there wasn't too much of a queer community that I could tap into in person. It was a good way to develop a sense of self and also be aware that, you know, you do have to kind of have your guard up and you do have to make smart decisions when it comes to giving one's information or... Mm-hmm. You know, even meeting up in person if you if one chooses to. Yeah. Speaking of smart decisions, I think that honestly, the best advice I got in surviving a breakup, and I absolutely used to hate this advice, was that like, you have to like yourself before you <laughs> like somebody else. And I used to think that was like the most cringeworthy thing to say, because I'd be like, obviously, I like myself. Like, I'm happy. Don't I look happy? But like, I was not happy. And now when I hear friends who like are so um, driven to be in relationships, I can hear in them like why they're not in relationships, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The more focused you are on being in a relationship, the harder I think it is to have one because I think that your energy honestly does exude. Like the way you are feeling about yourself and like the people around you, I think that comes off like when you walk into a room. I'm in an Mm -hmm. acting class right now where they're talking about how like it reads so obviously if you're in a commercial audition and you're not trying to be yourself. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, that's not true. But then if you watch like tapes with people who are literally just walking in and saying like, I'm going to be myself in the context of this script versus somebody who's acting on a commercial copy, you really can see such a difference. And I think that applies to dating too. Like the people who really are confident in themselves, that's more attractive to people, whether mm-hmm. like we like it or not. Yeah. And like, because you really need you. what your life is before you're in the relationship. You know yeah. what? I always thought that was bullshit too, because even now as a single person, I do feel like for the most part, I'm happy and I do love myself. And I could still work on my confidence. But at the same time, when, you know, I do get these like ghosters come, I'm still devastated. I don't personally think that means that I'm not happy with myself or that I don't have, I don't love myself. Like I don't, but maybe it is and I just can't see it, but I truly don't feel like that is the case for me. But then, you know, like it's hard to see that from sitting here in my own body and not outside. Yeah. Well, I also think that for women in their late twenties, like I keep reading through RDMs and stuff like that. Women in their late twenties feel a lot more insecure about being single than women in their early twenties. And Mm. I think that's a lot because of societal pressure. And I don't hear that the same way from like my male friends who are in their early thirties that they feel like pressure to be married or pressure to be in a relationship. Like my brother is 34 and he's single and he's having a grand old time, you know, but my friends who are in their like 29, 28, a lot of them feel really insecure about being single. And I think that a lot of that has to do with like, you know, society and the pressure to be married at an earlier age. Well, I think in addition to society and getting involved in a relationship at a particular age. I think it also has to do with like what we see in the media too, Mm. you know, or even on social media where there can be like a insouciant sort of brilliance to just being single and living one's best life. But then on the other hand, there is another side that shows like what we were talking about earlier, like, you know, people getting married, having kids, getting houses, whatever. And it's like what I've noticed, at least with certain friends who have expressed not necessarily insecurity, but just kind of like questioning, like I am doing the best that I can. Like I am the best 
that I can be, why has that person not crossed my path? Yeah. I have heard that come up in conversation, which I think is really interesting. It's not necessarily holding oneself or mirroring oneself to like some set of standards. It's more so like that acceptance that we were talking about, how important it is to have a love of one's own being. Do you think we ever really be the best version of ourselves or is it a life's journey in being the best version of yourself? Definitely life's journey. Yeah, definitely life's journey. You get so many life experiences through each phase of your life and you change so much in each phase of your life. My therapist is telling me that you can meet your soulmate when you're 60 because you're just changing so much that maybe whoever my soulmate is when I'm 28 is not going to be the same one that is going to be there when I'm 60. I mean, I hope, but you never know. You know, you just change so much. You have to evolve with that person rather than one stagnant, one's not. Like You got to keep up with each other's pace of growing. I've heard um, And if you don't, that's okay. Yeah, I believe in multiple soulmates for sure. Mm -hmm. I believe in soulmates in like different forms too. Like I think our female friends can be our soulmates too. Yeah. Yeah. You're my soulmate. (laughs) My soulmate. (laughs) Not from Euphoria. You're my soulmate. When when is that? What season? The first one. I really binge that. That's why I'm like. (laughs) It's whoever the the main girl. The Uh yeah. I saw a TikTok today. Um, and it's this woman who is in her 30s and divorced, and she made a TikTok that said, "Get married early so that you can be divorced." divorce in your thirties and be happy and free. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) Oh, let me think of that one. (laughs) Good advice. Okay. You too. So number one tip to survive a breakup. Number one tip to survive a breakup. Have a good therapist. That's a good good tip. I would say ride the wave and it's okay to experience, you know, the, the lows, but just know that there's going to be highs. Yeah. And do get a therapist. Yeah. And I'm going to be corny and say, love you before you love anyone else. Sure. Love it. Cause it, it's true. It's true. It's so annoying, but it's the truth. And I guess the reason I was bringing up that comment about like, can you ever say full stop? I'm the best version of myself is because I fully believe in people who are always trying to be the best. And like, you're never exactly the best version. Like you're the best version now, but you can be a better version tomorrow because I I believe in people who always like want to be better are more curious. And I think if you're constantly in that progression, then you're always open to new types of people who can make you happier than your ex made you. Wise words. Wise words. Lauren Elizabeth Harris, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today's episode was brought to you by Hint Water. Oh, usual. Hello, Hint. Hello, Hint. Hello, Hint. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on surviving breakups? Not really. I feel like we covered some good territory. Yeah, I think we can close this. If chapter. they said goodbye to you, then good riddance to bad rubbish. Yeah. If they rubbish. don't want you, you don't want them. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.